Saturday morning at Coast FM 963. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us here on the radio show that brings you lots of fun and excitement and news for gardeners mm, and well, non-gardeners too. Well, it's a lot of fun here, isn't it? And it's Cheryl and Darcy <laughs> and Pete Little, by the way. <laughs> That's it. We also talk about home. We talk, we've got our pet vet nurse coming on in the second hour and Lachlan McDonald talks real estate as well, property news. What's Hot Vicky is coming up in our first hour. But before that, I've got two very special guests. Well, Pete. we're talking talking about herbs today. Mm. We're talking about how to enrich your garden yes. and your meal table by utilising herbs, how yes. easy they are to grow. Yes. You can save a fortune mm. rather than buying at the oh, outrageous prices no. at our supermarkets. It is outrageous. Well, we've got a local horticultural expert and he'll be talking about growing herbs in pots so everybody can grow herbs. But before that, one of the gang's Favourite gardeners, Jen Jones from Pickles Patch, joins us to talk about preserving your herbs. That's all coming up today in the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn. And we're sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs. Open all this weekend. Big sale on two now. Uh, they're located at Wyoming. Mm. And also we have a sponsor at Berkeley Vale. It is Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Now, our next guest is Jen Jones from the Pickles Patch at uh, Tookley, mm. and she's carrying this banner called Preserve or Die. Is that right? <laughs> she's a big preservationist. Preservationist? Is that the word? Preservation? Uh, preserve. A preservative. Maybe. Yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> G'day, Jen. Morning, Jen. Hi, how are we? <laughs> so what is the word, someone who preserves? Is it a preservationist? No, it's not. It must be. I know she's a permaculturalist, so oh, maybe okay. it's part of I was just playing with the word there. I didn't quite know how to phrase it, you know. Uh-huh. I'm a homesteader. A homesteader. I, ca- I love that term. But I tell you what, Jen, we've been talking about growing herbs today at Home with the Gardening Gang, and we've grown all these herbs, and I know as a gardener I end up with more mint than I know what to do with, so much rosemary, it's just it's crazy at times, and more basil than I need to open a, an Italian restaurant. What do we do when we've got all of these herbs and we want to preserve them? I've, I've got a couple of little ideas, but you... You mean dry them out, is that one way? Well, not just drying out. Jen's got so many ideas. She preserves everything. She well, does. The first thought from my head is to dry them out. Would that be right, Jen? Yeah. Mm. Yes, you can dry them out. You can hang them in bunches upside down until they're papery dry and you can just store them that way or you can use like a spice grinder and grind them to a powder and then store them in your cupboard. That's probably the easiest way and the, the go-to that most people use. Oh, it's certainly like having your own Master Foods range in the in the cupboard, Pete. I haven't been to Master <laughs> Foods, but I'm sure they do that in a large volume. So, Jen, how long will they last for in that preserved state? Oh, uh, probably a year. And once they get to about a year old, I suppose, they, if you keep them out of light, that will keep them longer, oh, direct okay. light. So a nice dark cupboard will definitely preserve your herbs for longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if drying herbs alters the flavour. So some recipes will call for dried herbs specifically because if you're doing something that's uh, a long, slow cooker and oven roast, Actually, dried herbs will impart a better flavour than fresh. Oh. So it depends on what you're doing with the herbs as to how you use them. Hmm. And, you know, I've often seen, and I've only done it a couple of times because I just get so busy, but some people get the herbs and they, I think that they put them through a blender and then freeze them. Is that suitable for all herbs? 
Um, yes, you can do that with most culinary herbs. You mince it to a paste and then I put them into ice cube trays to freeze them. Mm-hmm. And then once they're frozen, you can pop them out and put them in a container in the fridge and you've got just like fresh picked herbs year round because some herbs don't grow through winter so you're mm. a bit shy on for those things mm-hmm. um, and that's a really good way of keeping really fresh picked herbs for year round use. Jen, how much space would you reckon needed to grow a range of herbs? Would it be like uh, 10 square metres or 4 square metres? What, what do you find practical? Oh, no. Herbs are really forgiving and quite hardy. Most people think of herbs as a very specific range, but a lot of what we call is uh, weeds are actually herbs as well. We've just forgotten the uses of them. So you don't need a lot of space. Some herbs will grow in the cracks of your concrete. Mm. Um, they're extremely hardy. Uh, a lot of herbs will grow very happily in containers on a balcony. So you don't need a lot of space. Hanging pots, little tubs. Um, most of mine are growing that way at the moment because I've not long moved house. So if you were going to pick your, um, or pick them or grow them, your top three herbs, what would you say they'd be? Oh, wow. Now, that's a really, really hard question <laughs> because I also grow a lot of medicinal herbs. Ah. So um, I was going to mention that there are other ways of preserving herbs. You can preserve them in vinegar and oil which also imparts like... <laughs> Hang on, Pete just shook his head and poked his tongue out. He did not like the idea no, of that. Why? It doesn't sort of talk to me. Vinegar and oils? No, no, it doesn't talk to but me. But then you can use the oil in cooking. You can have sort of like a, like a chilli-flavoured oil. I'm just an old really? bloke stuck in my ways, oh, yeah, well, you... I'm stuck in my ways, Jen, so <laughs> if you want to bring that up, it'll be a private conversation with Cheryl and Darcy here one day. <laughs> oh, I love the idea. <laughs> you because I'm aware placing herbs in alcohol is also another method of preserving them. Now you're talking for Pete. Now you're talking. He's in that. I can see him with his rosemary gin now. I know that your uh, husband slash partner is also into creating his own alcoholic beverages and whatnot, so I can see your affinity with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, a very famous drink called Absinthe. The Green Fairy oh, is, yes. is, made with, is made with wormwood. Mm. Oh, that's the base, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yep. gotcha. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Never tried it, but, um, you know, send a few samples down. Haven't you? Oh, it's lovely. Be. Vermont, Vermont is, is traditionally flavoured with herbs. There's lots of um, mm. long, old traditional alcoholic beverages that were flavoured with herbs. Mm. And, and what about uh, Jägermeister? What's in that one? Jägermeister. Oh, it up to be honest, but uh, I don't recall which herbs it is specifically they use. But you are correct in that it, yes, it is flavoured with herbs as well. So it's got mm. a crazy so, taste, I gotta tell you. <laughs> it is, it's a bit. My dad loves it. He he has like a little sip of it after after dinner. It's, all it's it an needs. Aperitif. Yeah, that's yeah, it. He's just, like, oh, helps yeah. with his German and helps with my digestion. I'm like, yeah, yeah you keep on that one, Dad. Good yeah, <laughs> and that's a good point, you know. A lot of the herbal stuff is mm. good for your digestion. Mm, I mean, there's uh, there's a range of, oh, there's ones out of Italy, there's mm-hmm. ones out of a lot of those uh, countries in both Eastern and Western Europe mm, that mm, must mm. go back, you know, millennium. Mm. Yes, well, you'd remember Gripe Water. Gri- yes, yep, yes. For the, for the kids, for the babies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It was about 30 years ago taken off the market because it contained alcohol and they removed the alcohol content of it. But Gripe Water is made originally with herbs and alcohol. 
uh, Gripe Water is still available now. It's just a non-alcoholic right, version, but right. um, no it, it is still predominantly made with herbs. Really, and and most cough medicines still contain thymol, which comes from thyme. So you ask me, Cheryl, and which herbs I prefer, thyme is definitely one of them. It has so many uses. So that's where the name thymol comes from. Okay. Makes sense to me. It's ingredient in the herb thyme, and it's still used this day in cough medicines because it's so effective. Mm -hmm. Well, Jen, this has been a lesson in learning this morning with uh, these herbs, I've got to tell you. Mm. Uh, And we will be putting some of those ideas into practice at at our place. All right. Thanks, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. That's Jen Jones there from Pickles Patch. It's an online blog that you can find on Facebook. Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy today with the Gardening Gang. Thanks for joining us today. We're being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Now, on the line, we've got a chap called uh, Scott, uh, Scott Kellett, and mm-hmm. he is an expert on pots. Yes, he's a horticulturalist as well, Pete, which is Absolutely. very important. And the reason we invited Scott on the on the radio this morning, mm-hmm. he thinks growing herbs, which is our topic today, yes. is ideal in your pot ah. or a selection of pots. Right, okay. Now, Scotty, what 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 has gravitated you towards the uh, the, the 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 pot? Um, as a vessel. As a vessel, yes. <laughs> like as a suitable vessel. As, as a suitable vessel, how are you both? I <laughs> I just really love growing herbs in pots because you've got generally really big pots I use, you know, 500 mil at least. Yeah, like I, I like growing them individually in pots. I just find they don't, especially things like mint, um, there's no competition. Like they can just happily grow in the pot themselves. Mm. Um, that's the technique I use. I, I've got rosemary in pots oregano, mm. um, mint. There's mm. so many choices that you can grow in a pot. So, Scott, do you have to use a special sort of soil when you're, you know, well, you've got a recommendation for the type of um, growing medium that we put in these pots for herbs? Always, always with potting mix. Mm-hmm. You get what you pay for. So mm. I always like to spend, you know, around $10, $15 on a potting mix. And, you know, you're getting a potting mix with, Suitable fertilisers, wetting mm. agents, um, and so forth. So, yeah, really important to choose a uh, really premium grade potting mix. That, that's up there, Pete. So, a cheap one would be two bucks a bag. Oh, it would it? be like three dollars. Yeah, he's talking. He's talking like the. You're Mercedes talking A grade. He's talking Mercedes Benz. I'm talking A grade. Okay, yeah, he's talking he's A grade talking, for the yeah. uh, A grade uh, herbs, of course. Of herbs, yeah. yeah, that's it. A grade's the way to go. Mm. That's right. You know, your cheap potting mixes are going to dry out really quickly. Mm-hmm. Let's hold new. Hold less nutrients, less mm. struggle with water retention. So yeah, really important to to use now, a good quality potty mix. Can the wrong potty mix get a bit woofy, get a bit smelly in certain circumstances? Or hey, I've, I've I'm, I'm, see... always buying, I'm always buying quality potty mixes. So oh, you haven't really experienced with issue, the... <laughs> Back, So on these pots, if I bought a plastic one as opposed to a terracotta, is there an advantage there, or is there a disadvantage there? Oh no, I don't. I don't think so. I I use a lot of both, uh, mainly terracotta. Like again, it goes back to that potty mix, Pete. Like using a really good quality potty mix can generally have good moisture retention, but yeah, also good drainage as well. So no, I, I think any container pot, whether it be a terracotta pot, plastic, um, you know, 
a mm. fiberglass is suitable for growing herbs. Yep. And do we need to repot? Like, you know, if I've got something growing in there, is it better to just like, I don't know, pick all the herbs and use them or can I repot like I can with other pot plants? Cheryl, you're a horticulturalist. Why would you be talking to another horticulturalist? Because about everyone's that? got their own ideas. Oh, I see. Okay. Everyone has their own little tips and ideas. So I'm going. I know what I probably would do. I don't want to interfere so, with uh, no, 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 your no, conversation no. here with Scott. No, no, I'm, I'm interested in what no. Scott does. Well, back to you, Scott. Give us mm. your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, like I said previously, I, I like growing my herbs in individual pots. I just find they can. There's less competition towards each other, mm-hmm. especially if you're growing like mint with parsley. Generally, mint will mm-hmm. take over. So, yeah, that's just my personal preference of just growing in large containers and mm. individually growing oregano, mm. your rosemary, um, mints and so forth. So you would probably wouldn't need to do that because, yeah, I like growing mine. Well, see, I'm the opposite. I like doing like a little small But you guys are experts, though. You're trained oh. in this field. So what are the mistakes people make? You've heard about Scott, have they? Are there any major errors that uh, people can uh, or need to be to, need to be addressed, or what what might be some of the big errors that people make when they're trying to use pots to grow these lovely herbs? Uh, I think sometimes people overplant their pots, um, and that yeah, that's why I use that technique where I'm using more just one individual mm. style of herb in my individual pots. Sometimes pot. people yeah, okay. overplant. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that's one area people struggle with and then I guess planting the wrong things together can sometimes happen so you might have a plant that doesn't mind drying out being quite arid like a a rosemary and then people you know mixing in with a mint that likes a lot of moisture oh yes so incompatible incompatibilities that is the word word I was looking for that's the one mate that's a good word Mm -hmm. I often hear it raised in uh, garden talk, incompatible. I just want to know where this garden talk's happening with you. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I know. I think, he, I think he's pulling our leg there. He's making himself sound a little bit more... Uh, uh, a bit, uh, bit upmarket. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Scotty... He, he got uh, me. Well, Scotty, <laughs> I think, if, how much uh, time a week would you spend uh, in your private life tending to your pots and the, and the like? Would you... An hour right, a week or be. five minutes or 30 seconds? Probably, probably more time than I spend with my wife, to be honest. Oh, that's an escape as far as I can see. <laughs> yeah, say. I hope she's not listening right now. But <laughs> no, I usually, especially in this hot weather, like pots do dry out quickly. So I use a lot of wetting agents. Liquid feed, feeding is important with any yeah, edibles. So I do that mm. on a regular basis. Mm. But every, when, when it's extremely hot, like we've had some pretty hot days this summer, I'm kind of watering them before I leave in the morning and then when I get home, sometimes for certain pots that I've got in certain areas. So, yeah, you can spend so easily a, an hour a day. Oh, really? An hour a day? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's On average, uh, yeah. admirable, let me garden. say now. So, so, Scotty, just to sum it up, it's either pots or not, mm. and you say it's a pot. That's and, what uh, I say. And what do you say, Sherwin? Yeah, I like herbs You're and potter pots. As well? Yeah, I'm a potter. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's do it. So, potters, put your hands up today. You. I can see the gang from here to there yeah, putting their hands up. So, Scotty, you've, you've hit the mark today, mate. Yes. You're the Thank number you one both. number one potter on the show today, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Scotty Kellett, uh, one of our local gardeners here on the coast, mm. uh, a bit of a insight into 
the use of pots when you're making when you're your doing garden. herbs. That's fantastic. Herbs that. Thanks, Scott. Hey, mate, good talking Thank to you. Thank you, mate. Okay. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with the gardening gang. To pot or not? That is the question. We're talking about herbs today. Hmm. We're talking about herbs because we think they are just so good. I do. I love them. But tell me this, Sherilyn. Mm -hmm. What is the essential difference from a horticulturalist point of view between a herb and a spice girl and a spice? (laughs) (laughs) I used to call myself Old Spice anyway. (laughs) I'm Older Spice. Older Spice. Well, it's an interesting question, isn't it? And quite simply, it all comes down to what part of the plant you're actually using. How's that? So a herb is the green leafy part of a plant. And good examples of this are basil, rosemary, sage, thyme, parsley, and oregano. So we use the leafy parts of those. So that they're herbs. A spice comes from the root, stem, seed, fruit, flower, or even the bark of a tree or a plant. Oh, okay. That's all it is. So and that would examples, be a harder, a harder yeah, quality. Yeah, and examples are cinnamon. Okay, ginger, mm-hmm. black pepper, they're like the, the seeds, the star oh. anise, and turmeric. So that's the, they're the difference. But that being said, a plant can host both a herb and a spice at the same time. Uh, dill is a really, really good example of that. The seeds are used as a spice, okay, so you've got the dill seeds, and the leaves are used as a herb. So there's quite a few, but that's just one. Now, how would I categorise paprika? Because that's got nothing to do with a herb or a spice, but it's used as a spice, I think. I love paprika in certain You like paprika. <laughs> you like paprika in certain things. Well, interesting. The thing that actually makes paprika is something that you would notice really easily. It's capsicums. That's right. Oh, you know, you, I know you, that. you were trying to give me But I want to know what the category would be. Would it be a herb or a spice? It would come down to a spice because you're using the fruit. So ah, as I said, okay. it's, using the, it's not using the leafy part of it. That's what it would come down to. That's I've it. learned a lot today. There you go. Okay, just a little bit. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on the Mighty Gardening Gang today. And we're like gardening like you wouldn't believe. And now we're talking to, uh, I think, uh, somebody from Narara Valley Nursery. And they pop in occasionally with a couple of specials. <laughs> yes. I think it could be our What's Hot friend. Oh, good. It's What's Hot, Vicky. Hello. Whoop, whoop. Hello, everybody. Happy Saturday. <laughs> well, Vicky, you've been uh, casting the net wide, looking at specials around the independent nurseries of the Central Coast, I'm sure. Uh, do you yes. want to share those findings with us today? I would love to. So we'll start at Burbank at Erina Heights. And they've got hydro plants in, and hydro plants are indoor plants that you grow in little tubes of water. And oh, some of them are very those. funky looking little tubes. They are. Yes, mm-hmm. very, very modern and um, in trend at the moment. Mm-hmm. Then we head over to Forest's Beach Garden Centre. And if you're looking to put something into a hanging basket or into a garden bed, that will add instant colour. They've got big red geraniums and Bright pink petunias, which both of those look really, really good oh, in the I, garden. I love a geranium. I like a really nice hot red geranium. Love it. Oh, I do too. And the last one I had got decimated overnight by a couple of hungry caterpillars. Oh. And I never got another one. Well, there you here. go. Let's go get one. Hopping over to Mother Earth Nursery at Point Clare, they have got every frangipani known under the sun, which include the varieties Darwin Blue, Blood Red, Black Jack, 
variegated varieties and one called cherry clusters. But there is loads more. You need to pop in there and check those out. Freddy, the Freddy's are out, are they? The Freddy, okay. Well, you know okay. what? I hope they've got fruit salad. There's one called fruit salad. Ooh, I like. It smells they do really have nice. that one. They do. Oh, they go to heaven. It's there. Right, yeah, right, it's there definitely go. there. Wildflower Meadow at Erina Heights. They've mm-hmm. got lots and lots of ground cover banks here, which is great to keep your soil all nice and together and to keep the birds happy. And that's it. <laughs> wow. Well, that's uh, not a bad little report. There's some interesting stuff there coming out at the moment in the uh, in the nursery world. Now, what about Narara Valley? Apart from your good taste, what else is there, uh, Vicky? Well, it is the last week of our twenty percent off plant sale, which will end next Sunday. So you've still got time to come in and save twenty percent off. All of your plants, which includes things like hedging, which we know when you do a hedge, you need to buy lots of plants. Mm. So, if you're buying bulk plants, 20% is unreal. Heliconia hot, hot Rio Nights is one of our hot ticket items at the moment. They're mm. normally $89, take 20% off that. I can't do math. I'm sure everyone at home can. <laughs> <laughs> we get 20% off indoor plants, tropical plants, everything you can think of. And also, after our sale ends, don't forget that every day of the week, it's seniors. Discount, you get the seniors day every day at Narara Valley Nursery. Okay, now I've had a thought, you know, Vic, you're a very helpful person to the people who go to Narara Valley Nursery. Often see you carrying plants out to their vehicles and whatnot, and you're sweating and it's yeah. a hot day. Do you ever get <laughs> offered tips for those uh, little chores? Do you pick up a, a lazy $5 sometimes or, uh, you know, do you get tips? Uh, um, Unfortunately, no, but that would be oh. awesome if there's any secret billionaires in there that need some soil taken to the car and have please take, <laughs> take a nice tip. A nice tip. A nice tip. Minimum five bucks, I think. <laughs> Minimum waterfront property. Here's a tip. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say. She's chasing the big time, this girl. Here's a tip. Number number five at Gosford's a hot run. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the tip. Be good to your mother. Now, it's time for our next little segment here, which is called Is It a Fact or a Fib? Is it? Well, I'll tell you a little story first, and then I'm going to get you to play the game at the end, all right? Saffron. It's a spice. Some might say it's a herb, but it really is a spice. But I thought I'd still whack it in here because we're talking about things that flavour our food. Saffron is actually made from the little threads from the, a crocus, a type of crocus flower. So, And it colours a lot of Indian foods and Arabian foods as well. So it sort of makes it that really bright colour. Very expensive. It is very, very expensive. At the moment, it's about $5,000 US a kilo. Yep. Because, and it's because of the harvesting. They've got to pick all those little, little the stain. Very labour intensive. Very labour intensive. Mm. That's correct. Now, it's really good for your health as well. And I'll tell you, it's, it's an antidepressant. It's good for erectile dysfunction. It's good for sexual desire. It's good. Stop laughing. Stop laughing. This is a serious <laughs> segment. Thank you. What's hot? It's really good for lots of things. It can even curb your appetite. But is this a fact? What, for sex? Not for sex, for food. <laughs> Stop getting so exciting. Excited. It's like the ozempic of the plant world. Anyway, but don't eat too much. Is this a fact or is it a fib? Eating more than half a teaspoon of saffron could kill you. Well, soon you're broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a question. I am a vexed question indeed, Bick. What are your thoughts? Can half a teaspoon or more kill you? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm mm, absolutely no idea. Take I'm going to say. I'm going to say false. Uh, I wouldn't be 
surprised if they'd had some toxicity in there, so I'm going to say it's a fact. You're right again, Pete. Oh, second week in a row. <laughs> oh, he's back on your winning streak. Yeah. He is back on his winning streak. So while saffron is very good for you, health-wise, just a little bit does it, okay? Don't overdo it at all because more than half a teaspoon can make you very sick and it can even kill you. Oh, there you go, Vic. Oh, yeah, a little, cl- little friendly warning right there. there. Watch out for your saffron. <laughs> Watch out. Anyway, saffron suckers out there, you've got to be very careful. That's right. It's probably good that it's expensive. So yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll go down the same path next week on our Coast FM visit to Narara Valley with yes. uh, What's Hot Vicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we'll be uh, seeing you in the first new... Program of March, because next month, Vicky, mm-hmm. of course, it's going to be the month of autumn. Oh, yes, it's autumn. Because oh, summer is all autumn. over this next, well, next Bye. week. I think the last day is Friday or um, yeah, it's about Thursday. Yep. See you later, hot, humid summer. <laughs> yeah. And welcome to autumn. Crispy. <laughs> You're listening to Coast FM 963. You're home with the gardening gang with Pete, Sherilyn and What's Hot? Coast FM 963, the station with the classic hits and with Pete and Sherilyn this morning, which is uh, being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also mm-hmm. Doormaster, Security Doors and Windows. Thanks, guys. Oh. Do I hear young Steve there? He's happy on the bells here, let me tell you. Mm. Heralding in the next exciting episode of Getting Your Hands Dirty. Woo, Coastie, let's go. Put Time that to get bell your, down, Steve. Put, that down, put the bell down, put your gardening gloves on, or get the gloves dirtier, put your boots on. It's time to get into the garden. First of all, what's on for plant lovers? Well, it is the summer fun day at YE Nursery today. It starts at 10 a.m., goes through till 4 p.m. That's at 103 YE Road, YE. Just a little bit over the coast there, just on the border. You can dive into a day of family delights with $2 pony rides, show bags, live music, gardening workshops, both free and ticketed, and tempting ice cream. Yum, yum. There's also your chance to win a Coles voucher in this big raffle there. they've got there. It sounds like the start of the Royal Easter Show. Oh, it is. This Hawaii. is so good. It's so good to the Y Nursery. <laughs> Listen to this. They've got a guess how many snakes in a jar game. Now, when I did read that first, I was a bit scared, but I realised they meant, you know, jelly snakes. Yum. It's a day you do not want to miss. Get yourself over there to the summer fun day at Y Nursery today. Goes till four o'clock this afternoon. Now, what's happening in your garden? We've been talking herbs today and you can definitely plant culinary herbs all this weekend for a few more weeks as well. Beans can also go in beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages, carrot, cauliflower, celery, chicory. I'm not fan of chicory, but if you like it, you can put it in now. Cress, endive, kohlrabi, leeks, lettuce, mustard, parsnip, peas, potatoes. Sounds like a roast, doesn't it? Radishes, rhubarb, shallots, silver beet, spring onions, spinach, swedes and turnips. Lots of flowers can still go in, including candy tuff, canterbury bells, cornflowers, delphinium, dianthus, everlasting daisies, forget-me-nots, and also foxgloves, gypsophila, hollyhock, honesty, Irish green bellflowers can go in now, larkspurs, livingston daisies, polyanthus, primulas, status stock straw flowers, violas, and Pete's favourite. You love this time of the 
Yeah. The Wallies. The Wallies. The Wallflowers are in, uh, in the garden today. That's right. And a Coast Community newspaper is out. And guess what I'm talking about, Pete? Herbs. That's what I'm doing. So all the things we've been talking about, you can read about it in Coast Community News. You can pick up your newspaper all over the coast. If you've missed out, they're going very quick these days. Jump online, coastcommunitynews.com.au. Out every Thursday. Yes. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. Happy go lucky Saturday it is. Doreen. Good morning. Do you know Sherilyn Darcy? Mm. Oh, I certainly she do. She loves yeah. seeing you come in on a oh, Saturday I morning. Yes. And talk about the ventures you've had in the RV. Been far? Uh, no, I'm still doing home duties, painting the deck and whatnot. What about Sorry. the map? Have you gone through the map and you're oh, working out the next we're, exciting we're madly journey? Thinking. We're madly, well, I'd like to go down south. Kiama? I'm thinking Kiama nice. could be nice. Pull up in a park somewhere and <laughs> Perfect. flaunt all the rules. Yep. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. You'll get big fines. Oh, well, yep. there you go. Mm. Uh, now, Doreen, you've been checking out the markets on the coast this weekend. Yes. Much on? Ah, oh, there is. There's okay. a little bit on. Okay. Edelong Fresh Food Markets are being held today and every Saturday at the Broken Bay Scout Hall on Picnic Parade between 7 and 1. It's a new location for them and you'll find fresh fruit and veggies, eggs and deli items on sale. And up in the mountains, Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetown's Drive and Bloodtree Road. They specialise in homemade preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. And the Long Jetty Markets are on today between 9 and 2 on the foreshore. Pop over to the markets for lunch and have a browse around their beautiful stalls. Lots to see, like fashion, homewares, jewellery, local produce and international street foods. Sounds interesting. I mm. think I might get along to a couple of those, Dory. Yeah. Thank you. Now, let's check out what's happening tomorrow on the coast, eh? OK, even busier tomorrow. Tookley Lions Club markets are on in the Coles Car Park, Tookley, between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and grab a bargain. Gosford City Farmers Market is being held tomorrow at the Gosford Showground between 7 and 1. There will be a large range of fresh produce, deli items and free-range eggs, just to mention a few. And Avoca Beachside Markets are being held tomorrow between 9 and 2 at the Hazlitt Park foreshore. Go along and see the food and produce stalls, art and homewares. There's also live music and lots of treats to nibble on while you browse. And Woiwoi Lions Club are holding their car boot market tomorrow in Dunban Road Car Park, Woiwoi. It's on between 7 and 1 and you'll find a great variety of stalls along with a barbecue and tea and coffee. Now to wrap it all up, for second-hand goods and specialty items, check out the Entrance Lions Club Charity Market being held tomorrow and every Sunday between 8.30 and 12.30 in the Denning Street Car Park. Doreen, thank you for your time this morning. It's a nice little report there. Thank you. Something to do over the weekend? Something to do from our market queen. Oh, I love that. Doreen. Yes, market queen. Oh, Doreen, that's perfect. <laughs> there that we go. Rhymes. <laughs> Thanks, Doreen. Now let's get back to those classic kids. You're at home with the gardening gang. And uh, Chef Daniel's back. Chef, who was, uh, you know, running the mighty Baker Street restaurant there in Gosford, is a bit bored this morning, so he's popped in for more information <laughs> about what it's like in the world of professional food preparation. Good morning. Good morning. And, Good you know, morning. I popped in because I missed you guys. Ah. No. Like, it was a whole week since I've seen you last. <laughs> well, we had so many people ring up, Pete, and say they love the fact that Chef Daniel's here with us from Baker Street I restaurant. I got one. How many did you get? I got about half a dozen or so oh, on really? a few socials That's as well. Oh my God, you're going to make me blush. I'm going all red. So you want to stay with us? Yeah, definitely. I love it. Fantastic. Now... I've got to tell you about this uh, story. Many, many years ago, I was attracted to KFC, not to uh, buy the place, 
but to eat food there by the fact that they were promoting all these herbs and spices that went into the chicken. And my mum never used to use many. Maybe salt and pepper was her herbs and spices. And we were all sucked into believe they had these magnificent, uh, you know, ingredients. But someone told me it's only pepper. It's only pepper. It's, it's only pepper. Look, there's am a I, couple. Am I kidding myself or not about? Yeah, this? look, there's a couple of other little spices in there. I've kind of perfected the DFC, but um, <laughs> you know, like we we mapped around during COVID and created all these different uh, spice mixes to actually really create a nice kind of flavour. But herbs in general, to a lot of people, they don't realise that it's it's kind of like what I call the foreplay for the palate. It actually turns on what you're enticing your palate to actually engage with flavour and taste. And that's where you could actually really utilise herbs really beautifully. Well, I always notice the smell of them first. That's my big thing. I just yes, the smell is the grabber. The Particularly smell. KFC. Oh, my <laughs> God, that's KFC, so magnetic to my nose. I'm thinking if someone brings up a beautiful <laughs> barramundi fillet in front of me, and I'm talking barramundi and dill and all those sorts of things, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can smell. I, I, my mouth's watering now, and I can't wait to sort of hoe in there and start eating the, the dill. So I'll things. give you a little trick all of right. the trade, okay? So when we come to using fresh herbs, I've kind of broken it down to two types. You've mm-hmm. got a hard herb and you've got a soft herb. Now, you brought up fragrance, mm. and fragrance is everything when it comes to herbs. But if I cook basil in my lamb roast, for example, Mm -hmm. I'll lose the fragrance, I'll lose the flavour because that is a soft herb. Things like basil, parsley, dill, chives, that's all the soft herb range. Then you've got something called the hard herb, which is things like rosemary, sage, thyme. One thing I can do with one that I can't do with the other is actually cook them. So I love to cook rosemary, cook thyme, put it into your roast, Mm. throw it into your onions and your garlic and fry them off, and then the perfume goes right through the kitchen Mm -hmm. and it actually kind of entices people to go, ooh, dinner's coming. Mm. And that is where we really, really want to try and focus in on the understanding of herbs. But then there's one herb that you could use, a hard herb and a soft herb, and that's coriander. Oh, okay. So you use the coriander leaves as a soft herb, use the coriander stalks as a hard herb. Oh, well, I've never used the stalks. Use the whole stalk. It's beautiful. Really? Blend it in with some ginger, some onion, some coriander, a little bit of lemongrass. You make this thing called a basic paste, and it's a fantastic introduction to your Thai curries mm-hmm. and your Asian-style uh, stews and things like that. So it's phenomenal. Right, because I use a lot of coriander, which they call cilantro, over in um, America or in Mexico. That's right, Because I lived over there for a while, and Pete's going to go, don't go the San Diego story again, I know. But I'm very familiar with it in that sort of cooking, and I don't even think in that South American cooking they use it. Am I wrong? Do they use it? No, they do. They do a lot. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, so it's one of the... Fascinating things about coriander is one, it's actually there's a chemical imbalance in some people's brains yes. where they go, it tastes like soap. Mm-hmm. So people are against it. Mm-hmm. I find it very uh, funny when people show me these Facebook pages against coriander. It's quite mm-hmm. a, it's quite mm-hmm. hilarious. But coriander to me is one of the most fascinating herbs mm-hmm. because you see it in South American cooking, you know, mm-hmm. from Argentina to Mexico to Brazil mm-hmm. and things like that. Then you see it in the Asian cooking. You see it in Thai oh. food and Vietnamese food, mm-hmm. and then you see in some Arab cooking, you know, oh, my okay. background is Lebanese. So we've actually used it in things like falafel and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's quite an interesting herb 
to see how it's been used right across the world in different segments and different styles to give you a completely different flavor. And that's why I call it the foreplay to the palate. Ah. Yeah, because you could actually really get turned on by a culture. Mm-hmm. And by the flavor of the culture, by using these herbs differently. And it's great to be able to play around with them. So next time you're cooking a roast, mm-hmm. throw on some fresh thyme and throw on some fresh rosemary down the bottom. And let that herb really roast off and then actually penetrate right through. Whatever you do, do not stab your roast and shove garlic in it. It is one of my pet oh, hates. Oh, okay, really? Oh, <laughs> it gosh. is one of my pet hates. You might get a little <laughs> bit of garlic flavor inside the roast, mm-hmm. but what you're doing is you're actually letting the juices escape. Yeah. Absolutely. So you want to keep yeah. it juicy. Elementary, my idear, Watch. <laughs> now, there is another herb that we haven't touched on yet, often uh, used in Asian cooking. It's called MSG. That is not a herb. That's not a herb. That is an artificial spice. (laughs) Oh, it's an artificial uh, (laughs) spice. Okay. Look, MSG is one of those things a lot of people have had a a lot of uh, flack to it. Uh, And people complain about getting uh, too thirsty after MSG. Exactly. So I'm assuming there's a lot of sodium in there. A lot of sodium, a lot of salts and things like that. But a lot of people don't realise that you're eating a lot of MSG and a lot of other foods like your beloved KFC. Oh! (laughs) I'm not surprised. MSG is technically like chicken booster. Ah. Or a beef booster or a veggie right. booster. All those boosters, that's just a type of MSG. And a lot of people have just gone, ah, Asian food, MSG, headache. Mm. But it's also kind of in the 90s, in the early 2000s it was and the 80s. Big it was thing. a big thing. Yeah, people yeah. were allergic to it. I didn't like it. it used to get, I used to think it gave me headaches. And I, you're right, I stopped eating Asian food for a long time. And then kind of that was my, no, I'm not eating Chinese food. And then Thai food became popular. Yep. And I think that was the first thing they did with their, their marketing. Everybody was like, we don't no, have MSG, MSG in MSG. Thai food. Yeah. And I still have it in my head. Chinese food has MSG and Thai food doesn't. I prefer to have Thai. That's stuck, it. that story. It has it? stuck okay. in my head. Thai food is a lot faster cooking, Chinese food is a lot more technical cooking. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to look at the different flavour profiles in using the herbs and the spices, the Chinese actually really make flavour, where the Thai just extend flavour. Right. And it's quite a very unique We should do a whole program on Asian cooking. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Chef Daniel, always good fun here at Coast FM with the Garden Gang. Have a great weekend. You too. Good Thanks, to see Daniel. you. Daniel. Pleasure. Well, after the show today, Cheryl, I'm taking off because uh, the bride and I are celebrating a very important event in our lives. It's the uh, anniversary of our the day we joined up as one. Wow. 51 years Happy today. anniversary, baby. That? Yeah. Meantime, I can't attend the Central Coast Dog Day out. I don't, for two reasons. I won't be here on the yeah. coast and I don't have a dog. You don't, maybe it's time to get a dog. <laughs> but this is something the council have got ah. on today. It's at uh, the Tarilba Reserve, that's at North Entrance there, mm-hmm. just over the bridge. And it's a great idea because you can bring your pooch Mm. Uh, to the big animal day out uh, with over 30 local businesses hosting stalls, training programs, demonstrations, free microchipping, which is terrific, and pet, she's got that, pet health tips. Oh, I'd like that. I'm good. Not for me, for my, oh, yeah, I'd take my boys Are you taking your boys out? I might do that. Uh, yeah, I might take well, them Well, cause a bit of a ruckus. Yeah, they're two big boys, Every I tell you what. Every time you take those two out, <laughs> people flock. They know. I look. Not too many people have two pure white boxes. I think that's it. They they just go. That's it. This must be Sailor and DJ, the famous <laughs> Sailor and DJ, and and DJ who's completely deaf is being he's 
fantastic. His sign language is coming along very well. So if you do see us out, thumbs up. And DJ knows that means good boy. Okay. So they will teach you how to handle a, uh, a deaf pet. I'm sure they would, yes, yeah, yes. Well, you can show people. You get up there. I'll get up there and, and, and the say microphone and do the whole presentation. <laughs> Good boy. Sick. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's on today. It started uh, early today, through Three? 9 o'clock, and goes through until 3 this RV. All right. Okay. I better hurry up and get out there when we finish okay. the show. This is Coast FM, The Gardening Gang. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy together nest this morning with The Gardening Gang. Yes. Uh, Sherilyn... You know, have you ever seen the occasion with your mm. pups mm-hmm. about them playing so well that you think they're actually, you know, uh, injuring each other? Is oh that something gosh. you ever see? Pete, Because mine... we've got the pet vet on the air. Oh, Tanya, hello. Tanya's here. Tanya yeah. Middleton. I should say the pet vet nurse. Pet She's not quite nurse. at that top level yet, but she has <laughs> all the ideas. She does. G'day, Tanya. Nice talking to yeah. you today. Hello, guys. Well, Pete, absolutely. My two, a two-year-old boxer and a two-and-a-half-year-old boxer, we rescued uh, DJ who's deaf, Sailor who's not, who just, you know, selective deafness. It's like, I say it's like two teenage boys. They play so rough that they actually do end up with little cuts and, and bruises. They draw blood. They draw blood. Ooh. Sailor actually has a big cut on his ear at the moment that I'm having to dress every day, but it's never out of <laughs> anger. They're never angry. In fact, they're like, oh, no, you've hurt you. Oh, I'm so sorry. But that's what happens. I, I don't know. So it does happen to me but um, what do you call these boisterous boys i it's like two teenage boys who like having play and they're roughing each other up all the time constantly it's like i've not i've not had two boys is that normal tam oh look it absolutely is they they do they rough and tumble Mm. um and you know i guess be be um be encouraged because they're not going to hurt themselves in fact it's sort of how they learn I mean your boys are a bit older but mm-hmm. I guess it's just how they learn boundaries and you know they they will stop they're sort of hurting themselves a little bit but they they definitely will stop and if something happens <laughs> if something happens if you know something major happens it will mm-hmm. be accidental it's it's uh-huh. obviously as you say there's no aggression in it no, never, um, never. If one was but a boy you, and one was a girl, would they still fight like husband wife or not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I mean, more like, more like brother and sister playing. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know fighting. Oh, like I've got to say, <laughs> I've got to say, I've always had female um, dogs before, and always boxers. I've always had females, and these two boys, I've never. They, they're a lot rougher. That's how, and I don't know whether it's because one's deaf. I don't know. I put it down to the fact they're boys. Maybe I'm being a bit sexist here, but I've never mm. seen such roughness. And then people have said. Uh, the fact is that they're both white. They've got white coats, so I can see the, the bites and the scabs oh, and things okay. where I probably couldn't see them before because they were the dark-coated, the brindle boxes oh, and the chocolates. And, and have they both lost their uh, manhood? Oh, one has, and we've had to oh, wait. Oh, the there one we, you go. One that we rescued wasn't wasn't desexed, and because of Christmas and everything, we've just sort of waited because we've had so many guests and everything. So he's he's just about to go and have he's the back. He's a bit toey, is he? He's, he's about to do the back. The back wheel's taken off. He is. <laughs> he is. Well, that to. may change the. Uh, well, I'm hoping it does a little bit because it's it is like it's like world championship wrestling. I mean, they 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 not. 
knock oh. over furniture. It's just like, and it's like, oh my gosh, just stop. But uh, I was wondering, do cats do a similar thing, Tanya? Do they do they have like cat fights when their brother, you know, when they're in pairs? If you have them, only in the alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, do you know they they. They actually do, especially kittens. Like kittens will mm. definitely rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. But it's it's funny that you you ask that because you know where I work, we have we have two clinic cats, mm-hmm. um, Gus and Wobbles, who are the other loves of my life. Oh. And especially Gus, Gus looks just like my cat, and he's around a similar age. He's he's um, he's about twelve as well. Mm-hmm. And we recently. Um, had a stray come in, or when I say recently, gosh, uh, over six months ago, yeah. had a little stray kitten come in, Wobbles. Uh, we've named her. I didn't name her. This is, the, uh, this is the number two <laughs> part of the equation, right? Okay. Mm. Yes. And look, she is this, you know, she's about nine months old now, and she oh. is this rambunctious, crazy little kitten, mm. Ginger. Mm-hmm. Um. And she just, she drives Gus crazy. And anyway, she re- she recently, she causes the, rough, the you know, the rough and tumble. She, she, she jumps all over him and just, she, she drives me crazy by <laughs> driving him crazy. Anyway, we do give Gus some time out. So we do lock her away because it's Gus, it's Gus was there first, you know, and, yeah. um, Anyway, she she recently had a scratch on her eye, um, which turned into a little ulcer, Ooh. and we don't know for sure. But well, oh, go back to cam vision. I'm sure there's probably, a camera somewhere well, there's there. Definitely, there is definitely cameras at our practice and all around. Um, but look, we are pretty sure that Gus caused it. Okay, Ooh. and. Rightly so. He had every right to scratch her and get her off off him, mm-hmm. you know. So we have had to obviously treat her eye and she's had to wear a collar, like a cone collar. Mind you, it hasn't stopped her. Um, she's still crazy as ever. But, yeah, look, so all that to say, sometimes accidents do happen and unfortunately, you know, you've just got to go with it. Yeah. Hopefully Wobbles has learned her lesson. And, you know, sometimes Gus does piss at her um, to put her in her place. And she needs that. He's, he is not the one to blame. He is yeah. beautiful. It's her. It's um, her. You know. And let's is, face it, it Tan, is. there's no, no money back guarantee with a stray. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, sometimes we do get these situations where rough and tumbling does turn into something nasty mm. and actual fights do erupt. And we get, you know, two dogs come in um, where a fight has happened or one dog has ended up attacking another one or, you know, the same with cats or even rabbits. Rabbits get into fights. Oh, know? do they? And I, yeah, <laughs> and they can be brutal. Now, Tan, to conclude today, we had a letter here from John from Baddow Bay, and the question <laughs> is, um, how do you handle a de-sexing an elephant? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would say very no. carefully. 
You know, you don't. They're you all don't. They're endangered. You, we don't dissect elephants. See? <laughs> I'll tell go. John that. He's yes. a bit concerned about his two elephants in the backyard. I think John's been a bit cheeky there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tan, thanks for that. Thanks, Tanya. <laughs> thanks for joining us today. With the gardening Thanks, gang, and a bit of a, a, a interesting story there about uh, how to handle those mm. little pets at home. I like it. She always has the answer. And a big thanks to our pet vet nurse, Tanya Middleton, who joins us every Saturday morning here at home with the gardening gang with Pete and Sherilyn on Coast FM 963. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Sherilyn's heading off to the uh, big pet show at the entrance north mm. and uh, I'm going up to the Hunter Valley. Lovely. The old HV. Nice. In the meantime, thank you for joining us. Misha's standing by with the What's On show after 10. Mm. Next week on the Gardening Gang, Sherilyn, have we got... Uh, we're releasing details of what we're talking about next week. I wanted to make it a bit of a surprise, but it has a lot to do with the falling leaves of autumn. Well, of course, next week we're in a whole new season. We are. It'll be like, all the leaves are brown. Right, the first show of (laughs) autumn next week on The Gardening Gang from Coast FM. Catch you then. Bye.